And we're live. Hi, Megan Bone Gang, and welcome to episode five of the Pelican Bone Outdoors podcast. Today we have Frank, and we're going to be talking about alligators and alligator hunting and all the other things that go along with it that I had no idea was involved in alligator hunting. How you doing, Frank? I'm doing great. I am excited that we were able to tag out in only two days because I didn't know how long that was process was going to take. And on the first day when we caught the two alligators, I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, this what, might be easy. Well, did we count the first day of putting out the hooks as a day, or are we not counting that? No, I'm not counting that one, just because that really wasn't a day. I mean, I was literally just putting them out and hoping that we tied good enough knots. And, by the way, I'm just going to let y'all say, because y'all can't see this side of it. But, <laughs> Technical difficulties. Yeah, we're, uh, we're over here watching. Uh, uh, the way we have it set up is we have two screens. Well, one of the screens just locked out on us. There we go. There we're we go. Back. We're back. So I might end up just moving it. But anyway, uh, so if you're watching this on live on YouTube, uh, this right here, we're going to show you the pictures. Here's uh, Frank and I. You've seen that on a thumbnail if you've seen uh, when we're advertising this live. That one that Frank's holding is a nine-foot gator. That's the biggest one we caught. And then the other one is about, what, six and a half, I think he was? Yeah, six, six, it was nine. six, nine, so almost and then, seven. Uh, and then we caught the eight-footer on the following day. I mean, he was, like, exactly eight foot. And then this is me uh, all sprawled out next to him just to give you an idea of the length of that big old boy or girl. I don't, I don't really know how to, how to tell the difference. I didn't go lifting up any skirts or anything. <laughs> But um, so just a little brief rundown. Alligator hunting, it's not just open to the public. Nobody can just, just go alligator hunting like you can, say, duck hunting or squirrel hunting or deer hunting or any public lands or anything like that. You have to either own land and uh, specifically wetlands areas, and it depends on if it's freshwater, saltwater, or how many tags you got, depending on the population you have. And you can only hunt these alligators if you have tags. Well, on a lot of public lands around here, you can enter a lottery with wildlife and fisheries, and they call it a lottery. But when you win, you pay them money. That's that's the only thing that upset <laughs> me. You know, I'm thinking a lottery. Yeah, get free tags, get to go. No, mm -mm. how much was it? Uh, so, so it, I want to say it was twenty five dollars a tag. So right there it was seventy five dollars. My license was twenty five dollars. Vinny's helper's license was twenty five dollars. Um, the and then. So that's just paid to wildlife and fisheries. Then you turn around and you have to pay the uh, to buy the bait, the hooks, the fuel to go out there. And it was like, so you're, I'm looking, I think I figured it out. It was like almost $100 an alligator to go catch them. And the flip side of that coin is if we wanted to sell them, we could have. But the issue was is that we would have only gotten like, $35 for a seven-foot right. alligator. And the six-foot-nine one wouldn't as counted as a seven-foot alligator. They they count it at the exact foot. So technically, the eight-foot alligator we had, they probably would have counted it as a seven-foot. The seven-foot one would have been counted as a six. And the nine-foot one would have been counted as nine because it was over nine. And I want to say it was like $35 for a seven-foot alligator, like 37 for a big, like one that was eight-foot. And it was like, man, it ain't even worth us going out here to sell them. So we just wound up keeping everything from them. Yeah. So we'll get to in that in detail later on. But right now, let's see. We had so we put in the lottery. That's where we were. We put in the lottery, and we actually both put in for it. We both won the tags. That had been three apiece. But because of money situation, and because we were both going to be doing it together anyway, we didn't need six alligators, so we only did the three. And um, so you go out, you get those three tags. You got to go to the the exact WMA that you got the tags for and everything. We go out, we put hooks with a big hook, about I mean, a hook was about yay big. What is that like? It, like it was a, so it was a 12 aught mustard hook. 12 mustard? Mu mu must, whatever. Mustad? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. There, there, there we mustad, <laughs> 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 it's my podcast. I get to make fun of Frank. You can make fun of me on your podcast. Oh, don't, don't worry. Um, on my own podcast now, I get made fun of, so oh, well, it's not there even go. there anymore. Oh, look, there we go. I just uh, I did the thing where my screen disappeared again. Anyway, so we went. Uh, we put this chicken out on the um, on the hook, hung it from a tree. You hang it about 
I don't know, we had like a foot max that we really hung it out. Yeah, so they say an alligator can jump um, half of its body length out the water. So in theory, a nine-foot alligator should be able to jump four foot out of the water. Well, in theory. In theory. The issue with a cold-blooded reptile at this point late in the year because i don't know what the water temperature i know in the river is like 76 degrees so i'm assuming the water and the diversion was probably around the same um it's probably a little bit warmer because of um how shallow it is and with the sunshine and the you know well i guess it depends overnight it probably the temperature probably changes quicker so it's probably yeah and most of the time alligators are nocturnal uh not a nocturnal species but we had a few days where it got up to in the 80s during the day um and so what we decided was look we don't care if we catch a 12-foot alligator or a three-foot alligator we're gonna take it home and we're gonna eat it anyway well we didn't have a choice they say you the first three you catch the first three you got (laughs) but so how we would have done it if we wanted a bigger alligator is hang it higher right but we were like look we're gonna do like depending on the depth of the water, that where we caught the seven-foot alligator, we only had it, what, maybe six inches off the water because there was no way for it to get up and over the uh, – or to leap out the water. And then the other one, I think, was like a foot and a half, two foot off the water. So uh, we didn't – we weren't got discriminating against any alligator. Any of them that would have bit, we would have took. But I was excited that the small one was seven foot, you know. So we put the um, put the chicken out. And then uh, we marked it, of course, on the GPS, so we know where we put them all because we spread them out a little bit. Uh, one of the spots I knew they had a big alligator there. I, that matter of fact, that's around where we caught the nine-footer. Well, the nine-footer and the eight-footer was yeah. in that area. Uh, last year, I had gone. We went uh, nutrient hunting with uh, Spence, my buddy Spence, and um, Lucas. And while we were nutrient hunting, they had a big old alligator head sticking out the lilies. And he was he was pretty dormant because it was it was cold, man. It was cold that day. So he uh he wasn't moving, he just had a snout out the water breathing. He was probably just chilling. So that's why we put him right there, because I knew uh they had that big one hanging around and it it wound up paying off. So the next morning we go out there to uh to go check the lines. We checked one, two, three. I think it, it was, I think on the third line we actually had the seven foot alligator. Yeah, a little the six the six oh, nine six nine. I'm calling them seven foot. All right. We're... Yeah, that's all right. I know how it is. The YouTube the YouTube bass. So you know, you pull yeah. up a half pound and say it's three pounds. I get it. But uh, so we checked that one, and Vinny looked at me. He's like, "So do you want to shoot it or do you want to pull it in?" And I'm like, "Man, I think pulling it in is going to be the fun part of this whole adventure." And uh, so I was like, "All right, we'll grab it." So I grabbed the line. He pulled. He wasn't bad. He didn't. Thr- I mean, he was thrashing, but he basically once we got him to the surface, just rolled. I tell you what, that was a misconception I had because I've seen swamp people, and I can't stand that show. But anyway, um, I always thought that because I pulled up alligators on a jug line before, and his head just came straight up, and then he jerked and took off. But all of the alligators gave us a fight. None of them just came to the surface and let us shoot them. Uh, and, and keep in mind too, when Frank says. Uh, he was gonna let me shoot it. Frank thinks he's playing uh, Call of Duty uh, with his twenty-two because he has a what would you call it the the it, proper name for it? So I have a ten twenty-two with an Archangel kit on it, mm-hmm. and what that did was allow me to put picante rails. I mean, that might be salsa. Look, I, I ain't good with terminology like that, but uh, talking in general, yeah, that too. <laughs> but uh. So, so anyway, he looks like he's playing Call of Duty out there with a twenty-two. Even when we go neutral hunting, he's sitting there with a with a looks like an like an M4 twenty-two. Um, so I, I loaded it because I, I looked at video and I was like, "Here, the magazine's in it. Just pull it back." And I handed the gun to him, and so I pulled up the line. Alligator came up. It spun a little bit, but it wasn't like terribly like violent. He just kind of like spun, rolled. We had to get him to calm down a little bit to where we could actually dispatch him. And um, once once we dispatched him, you know, we taped his mouth, pulled him in the boat, and we went on to the next line. Well, the next line was up. But yeah. the line after that is when we had the nine-foot alligator on it. And um, 
let's put it this way. That alligator actually cost me even more money than the other two. Well, Frank, if you wouldn't have a twenty-two rifle again that looks like G.I. Joe going to Afghanistan, then uh, the situation wouldn't have. Let me go ahead and tell the story since I'm the one that almost died um, and with, with this alligator. But I, did you die? The, so Frank pulls this alligator up. As soon as the head breaks the surface of the water, we knew this sucker was big. It was a lot bigger than the other one. Because the other one was, you know, like I said, over six foot with a narrow head. But this sucker, big old head, big old wide head. So he pulls it up. It's thrashing all over the place. I'm trying to get the gun. I'm jumping up on the deck while he's fighting this alligator. We both on the bow of the boat on the, on the deck. And he gets the alligator up, and I'm trying to, trying to maneuver to where I can get him. I almost fall out the boat on the other side while this alligator's thrashing around. My life flashed before my now, eyes. Now, I will say, when that alligator took off, if somebody would have been in the back of the boat, I would have cursed them out for kicking the boat in gear. That's yeah, that's like yeah, he, how he fast moved he took boat. off. That's what made me lose my balance. Well, I mean, we'll say that. But you know. so, yeah, well, so <laughs> I get around finally. I get the shot off at the alligator. He's 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 done. He's dispatched. But since he's such a large alligator, I wasn't sure about that shot placement. And before I put this dinosaur in the boat, I wanted to make sure he was a uh, good and cachet and wasn't going to wake up an angry you know an angry mood on the way back so i go to squeeze off another round because of again frank's uh semi-automatic assault weapon and uh click and i'm like what what what's the deal here frank this this fancy gun just clicks and that's when i realized at some point of us fighting this alligator and me almost falling to my death in the water um a magazine ejected from the gun and uh it is now at the bottom of uh, the Salvador WMA. And uh, yeah, so that cost Frank a little extra money. So we had to reload. Uh, no, I used your uh, My pistol. The six shooter, yeah. yeah, to do it to, so, to, to just to make sure. So a little bit about the regulations. Every hunter on when hunting alligators are actually allowed to carry two 22s on them to dispatch them. So, of course, I'm like, well, my first thought was, oh, I'm going to wear my pistol while we do it, just in case I need it in a hurry, well, that didn't happen because I forgot about it. Because once I saw the first alligator, I was a little excited, wide open, running out of brick wall to go catch it. So, but if you would have put it on there, we'd have, uh, it would have been a lot, uh, a lot better, Frank. Yeah, just, just saying. So, but, and then, so we went, went to clean them. Well, I had to work nights, and I want to thank Vinny for what he did the last two, three days. All the work. <laughs> pretty much all the work frank yeah well we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get we're getting ahead of ourselves we're getting ahead of ourselves so we we taped that alligator's mouth up put him back in the boat and we checked the rest of the lines and uh that was it that was only two that day um we could only have two lines per tag out so we had to pull all the other lines and we pad two. Oh, oh actually i forgot to say one of the lines that we went to check that we ended up get it was the same area that we ended up getting the the last alligator we actually had a pop line yeah so we did catch all three of ours in the first uh, 24 hours, but it must have been a gigantuan because he, uh, he actually popped our line. And um, so we reset it right there because we figured, you know, that was multiple alligators in that area. And then, um, and of course, the following day we went out and that's where he was. The line that had popped, it was in that, that, same, that same spot that we got the third alligator and brought him back. And then now we'll circle back to Vinny doing all of the skinning. So, well... <laughs> Let me give Frank. Let me give Frank some credit now. He, I don't. Did you get any sleep that day? No, not at all. So Frank, he. Let's see. We woke up. You didn't work the day before. No, no, okay, no. So no. you got sleep that night. We woke. We woke up early. Went out there. Wait. So let. Okay. Let's start with the sleep lack deprivation. It's all Emily and Lakin's fault with the sleep deprivation from Marsh chicks. From Marsh chicks because they had recorded a podcast with me the night before, and I was like, hey. You know, Vinny with Pelican Bone Outdoors lives right next door. He'd like to meet y'all, blah, blah, blah. We'll go over there and have a glass of whiskey with him. Well, a glass of whiskey turned into a uh, cigar smoking session. That turned into, what, midnight we went yeah, to bed? Yeah, I think it was about, about then. <laughs> so, midnight we go to bed, wake up for 6. So, we've been up since 6 a.m. I have to go to work that night. I had no. I literally left for what maybe an hour to go take a bath. Yeah, we we came back. We started skinning. We had I hung the the six 
we'll just call him seven foot. We hung the seven foot alligator up and started skinning him like I guess like you would a deer. And uh, I laid the other one out, the big one, I laid on the table, and I started cleaning him. Frank got halfway through the little one. He's like, man, I got to go. I'm like, go ahead, Frank. Go ahead. I thought he was going to take a nap. No, he went, took a shower, and then. Well, I mean, I smelled like a chicken hit me in the face and stayed there for about a week. That is a weird smell. It's like a, it's like fish chicken mix is the way it smells, and it smells yeah. still on my hand after washing it five times and taking a shower. But then the next day, we get that other alligator, and on the way back, Frank, we get to the launch, and Frank's like, yeah, man, I'm uh, head to your house. I'll help you unload them. I'm like, help me unload them. I'm in my mind. I'm picturing this is going to be easy. I'm going to take one half the alligator. He's going to take the other half. No, no, Frank. Yeah, I'll help you unload, slap him on the table. And then Frank's like, all right, man, I'll see you later. I got to go. Uh, get... Yeah, because I had I had less than six hours and 24 hours at this point. But, you know, this has happened more than once. I don't know. Is... I have helped you clean every other animal we've killed. Because Lucas, yeah, you're right. Lucas there was, there was, and Spence are the ones. There was one time. There was one time you had to go, but your animal stayed in the ice chest, and yeah. you cleaned it later or the next day. Yeah, the last time. Matter of fact, as a matter of fact, the alligator that I told y'all that we found that we seen. What well, the reason I put the uh, lines in that area, that big one. I think that was the same hunt. I had my buddy Spence and Lucas with me. We ended up killing our limit of Nutra. Again, it's stupid that Nutra have a limit, but that's a different podcast. But anyway, the um. We ended up killing the five nutrient, and right there at the end, when we had, I think we were too shy of our limit, they 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 started to tell me, Lucas is like, yeah, we're going camping, so I got to leave as soon as whatever, as soon as we get back. I'm like, okay. Spencer's like, yeah, I got to get home to to my family, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So he ended up taking two. He ended up taking two, because that was his first time skinning it, so he was willing to do it, but he had to take it home, and he was, you know, wasn't sure about how it goes, so he said, uh, so yeah, I ended up skinning. You actually called me that nutrient. day. Oh, yeah, I tried to get you to come help me. Yeah, man. you tried to get me to come help you, and I was actually deer hunting in Mississippi for the... Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. <laughs> but you still have all the... You have all the Nutra meat from last year. Like, well, you got all the beaver meat from the trap in the class thing that we went to, so I'll trade you. Touche. You have the beaver hide, allegedly. I still have some. I don't... Look, we have so many hides in the freezer right now. I do. That whole like... bottom of that freezer is full, and then the one in the back the deep freezer I have... I think it's all beaver pelts in there. But speaking of pelts, that's what we're planning on doing with these alligators. We already cleaned them up. We got all the meat packaged and and put away. And it is a lot, a lot of meat. Can't wait to uh, start cooking that up. Try and get the wife to stop going to the grocery store to buy meat because we got a wild game out the wazoo and it's hunting season again. So I'm going to have to start cooking it so I have more room in the freezer. But uh, we, we just need to get everybody that's like a content creator in South Louisiana and just have a wild game. We do. We need to get, get a bunch of people together and just have this, yeah, wild game cook-off. I mean, that's what we need to do. I w- I've been wanting to film a video. Frank, don't take my idea. But I wanted to go out and um, we'll, we'll collaborate on it. We'll collaborate on it. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to go out for like a day, either 24 hours or a 48-hour uh, trip to catch as many different species as we can in Louisiana. Like Louisiana species, I thought about doing it as a fishing video, like fish, crabs, you know, you get trout, redfish, bass, perch, whatever. But if we could do, maybe do like, like a, I don't know, blasting cast, or maybe a hunt one day, hunt and trap one day, and then er, you know everything fishing the next, and uh, see how many different ones we can come up with. Because I mean, there's a lot of resources here in Louisiana. Yeah, I mean, and like, what's what's crazy though is like we're talking about these alligators, and just to give y'all an idea. We had, or we have, a 65-quart Yeti ice chest completely full of alligator meat. And then we have a 45-quart ice chest yep. that is completely full of alligator Both meat. Both to the top, and that's just the meat. So, yep. And, and we then, saved, um, so I saved all three hides. We got them in a cooler on ice right now, and all three heads. We're going to take the heads, We're gonna, um, I'm going to boil them, do like a Euro mount, with the uh the three alligator skulls and then i just talked to my buddy derek who actually was on uh what was it two podcasts ago we talked about taxidermy got with him he gave he uh, told me the stuff to use and we're gonna tan the uh alligator hides and we're not gonna um i'm not gonna they're not gonna be tanned like uh like a soft tan we're not gonna make it like a garment or anything like that these are gonna be really stiff they're gonna be stiff like a board because i'm basically just gonna be hanging them up um one because of price and one because of difficulty. It's a it's a lot more work 
and a lot more money to make it uh supple i think that's the word not subtle supple yeah Yeah. to make it all uh flimsy i would rather it like that but this is our first go around i just need a big one for the wall he's gonna take a big one and then the small one i'm actually so the way the tan works is it's soft until it dries out after you tan it so i'm gonna i can roll it up put it in the freezer for as long as i want and I'll be able to take it out, cut a piece off of it, shape it to make something out of it. And then as it dries, it's going to harden in that shape. So that might work out for me, too. I'll be able to do some stuff like that. Um, All right. So backyard bullies. I would love and Vinny would love to show you um, a video on, on the hunting. But pri- public land lottery draws, the first thing that's on the extra vi- or extra rules that you get. So. There's a book if Vinny wants to hold it up or whatever. That that is the pamphlet for. He looks like a Vanna White, doesn't he? But that's the. Uh, it's a lot prettier. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm the pretty face behind B side now, so we're good. Um, <laughs> by the way, Brandy, that was a jab at you. Sorry, I'm playing my sound effects again. <laughs> so we um on public land, you can't. Uh, film your hunts unless you get special permission. And I was like, look, it's the first year doing it, and we really didn't know what we were doing. And so it was kind of like, we're just going to go ahead and not film on, not even worry about the filming because there was so much more going on. Um, I plan on doing a cook to make a video out of it. I've put out a short of the videos. Um, but so I actually had an opportunity last year, I think it was last year, the year before to go, um, with somebody who has like, so Salvador's, Salvador's kind of weird. It has, I believe what happened is when they, they sold the land to wildlife and fisheries to make it public land, they didn't give up all of the trapping rights. So there's sections that this, I think that's how this works. So there's sections where people will have the alligator tags as if it was their own property. They get that many tags as well as they get the rights to the hunt the, and trap the Nutra and able to sell the tails for six bucks or whatever. So um, a guy my dad knew, uh, we linked up with him and I was going to go, ended up not being able to go that, that year, but filling out the paperwork, it said you had to get permission to film. And then I asked uh, Wildlife and Fishers, because they said with special permission, so I asked the guy and he's like, I'll give you the contact, but he's going to tell you no, just because he uh, if they had if they had their choice, no one would film alligator hunting is how he put it. And honestly, I think it has something to do with um, swamp people because that was kind of mentioned. And in the thing that says no filming specifically says for reality shows and stuff. So I don't know if those guys made them mad or if they just if they're just worried that people are going to show it in a bad light and it's going to cause issues because obviously, you know, all hunting and and well, even fishing now, but all hunting and trapping everything. They got all all the people that um, that are all upset just for hunting anything or killing a cow for steaks or anything. But which brings me to (laughs) what we're going to, we're going to get into this later. Uh, Frank and I both put out shorts on our channel, a little TikToks on different platforms. And we got some, uh, some hate comments that we're going to be sharing with you guys in a little bit. But yeah, so um, a little bit like just for people that don't know, because um, going back on the comments, I had some that people were like, Oh, you can kill alligators. And I was like, yeah, I was like, it's highly regulated. Um, they have what they call a site tag, which I don't know what it stands for. Um, yeah, I thought it was when when I, I heard site tag before I read it on a piece of paper. I thought it was site as in S-I-T-E. on site. Yeah, like the site <laughs> where you're getting it. And it wasn't until today that I was reading something that is spelled C I something something something. C I T E S, and it actually stands for something. I just don't know what it stands for. But um, so alligators, bobcats, and River, river otters. otters have yeah. to have the site tags. And the reason is it's to protect the other endangered species that are similar to them. Because they have some cats that look like bobcats. They have sea otters, which you can't kill. Um, and alligators, I guess, are the crocodiles. Or that the fact that I don't, I think alligators are still li- uh, listed as threatened. They're still listed, feder- I think, federally as threatened. Yeah. And my understanding is it's once you're once they're on that list it's hard to get them off even well, if the even if the population is recovered yeah because they so they have a reco- little bit about this and I, this is a tangent 
And everybody that listens to my podcast knows I know more than I probably should about anything. But this is a kind of a tangent. But with the ESA, which is the Endangered Species Act, it's easy to get an animal listed and they put a goal. So let's say they put a million alligators in the wild in Louisiana. That is the recovery goal. Well, when Louisiana hits that gold, Louisiana can put out being like, hey, we want it delisted. Well, what will happen is they go to delist it and somebody sues. So a lot of times they'll just say, well, we're not going to delist it because we don't want the lawsuit. Same, similar with wolves in the lower 48, you know, so. So, um, yeah, so like what, what they, the Louisiana alligator season or the story is, is a success story. Um, the alligators was down to less than 100,000 in Louisiana um, statewide. And then, of course, you know, overhunting in the 1800s up until, I think, what, the 60s? 60s or 70s. But, you know, you want to talk about that. I can remember as a kid, and I tell everybody this, when you would see an alligator in the wild, I can remember fishing with my dad back in Bayou Gosh. It was like, oh, my God, look, it's an alligator. Right, it was you know? And now it's like, oh, look, it's an alligator. It's another daggum <laughs> alligator. These things are everywhere. Well, if you watch any of my videos, most of the time I have at least B-roll of an alligator in there. And that's not just that's not just stock B-roll. That's every time I go out, they got alligators. Yeah. And what's what's bad, though, is that the tourism industry around alligators really need to be shut down or at least that they shouldn't be able to do any handling of them, because that's where they start getting dangerous. A, a wild alligator, like especially when I was a kid, them alligators, you would see them. You could be in a P-Rog and would it be in 100 yards of an alligator because they were getting away from you. Now, they're so populated, nobody messes with them, and people feed them that they actually become dangerous and think of people as food. Oh, I can tell you. I can tell you everywhere there's swamp tours without knowing where the swamp tours are because if I pull into a canal and an alligator comes to my boat, they're being fed. Yeah. Every other alligator, as soon as I get anywhere near it, they, they submerge. But the... um. Back to back to the uh, replenishing of the alligators. It was less than a hundred thousand, and then once they implemented, uh, see, alligator hunting season, nineteen sixty-two. I think is. I'm no. I'm trying to read. I read it earlier, but I can't remember. But anyway, um, the program they used ended up getting the alligators as two million now in a while, from less than a hundred thousand to two million in the wild, and another million in farms. That's not. That's a separate from the two million that's yeah. in Louisiana. So, so there's three million alligators in louisiana two two million of them being in the wild so do you want me to talk a little bit about the egg harvest program well i was gonna but you know if you want to steal my thunder, i mean i, mean, I can no, do no, it go ahead, go ahead. i mean i'm the guest i should have the right to talk right but anyway no you're the uh, guest so see, look, tell you want to talk. look i'm just saying i can't talk on my own podcast now so i have to talk on other people's podcasts go ahead frank <laughs> so louisiana back in the 70s <laughs> it, implemented a harvest of um why are you checking your phone during my podcast frank i'm looking at your comments am i, am I boring you frank a little bit but is this the right button yeah there you go <laughs> so uh the back in the 90 uh back in the 70s i believe they implemented this program where you could go out collect eggs collect a certain percentage of eggs and you raise them to where they're four foot long and you have to put 10% of them eggs back into the wild. And they got that number because most, I think it was like 1% of wild alligators don't make it past, um, make it past four foot. They'll eat, they'll get eaten by other alligators before that. Right. Once they reach a certain size, their, their success rate, yeah. their survivability rate goes significantly higher. Yeah. Well, just recently, I think within like the last six months, they talked about reducing from 10% to 5% and dropping down from four foot to three foot right. so that you can now, they can release less at a smaller size to reduce the population explosion of alligators. And one of the reasons, actually one of the reasons that alligator eggs have such a low survivability is the same reason we were talking about quail is the red ants. Um, Red ants is not a native species to Louisiana, just like half a ton of thousands of millions of other species that are here that don't belong. 
and uh they get into the eggs as well as you know birds and different things so the survivability of them collecting the eggs and incubating them and being able to hatch them in a farm situation uh you know a controlled environment makes makes it more successful and then they uh you know like, like frank said they release them they'll notch the tail and put a tag in the toe when they release it so that when they're harvested they know whether or not it was a farm raised or a wild alligator and that of course is uh i guess just the data thing that yeah. they can collect to, to so what I found really impressive, because I really did want to kind of catch a farm-raised alligator, because I wanted to, because I think, I don't know if they allow you to keep the tag, but you know how, like, banded birds are the big thing yeah, to it would kill? Be like a banded, right, a banded <laughs> alligator. A banded alligator. Every single alligator we caught was a wild-caught alligator, or wild-raised alligator, which right. was, I, I was very which is a great impressed. thing, actually, because, yeah. I mean, that, that means they're reproducing and yeah. surviving in the wild, and, uh, you know outside of the the farm raised alligators but you want to like the population explosion another thing during teal season um my uncle almost lost his dog to an alligator he said if he wouldn't have grabbed it when he did to pull it in the boat yeah he had a seven foot alligator that was trailing it the whole way to the boat and that's that's one of the things i'm afraid of with whaling it's gonna have to be it's gonna have to be cold for a while or i'm gonna have to just dove hunt or something something yeah. with him like that, that's kind of why i great uh gave up on really training winnie because i was like First of all, the person I'm going to duck hunt with is Vinny. I'm not going to bring my dog if he has his dog. And we never shoot ducks anyway. Yeah, we don't, we don't even see ducks with Vinny. Um, so I was like, there's really no reason for me to train her up to do that. So then I w my plan was to train her to be a blood tracking dog for deer. And the only, I realized the only thing she would hunt is a piece of cheese. And uh, now, she, now she's just lazy and lazy and doesn't want to get outside if she sees a puddle of water she'll walk a hundred miles around it well i feel more comfortable like if i when i go out and hunt in hopedale because of the brackish water there's not nearly as many alligators and we hunt in uh, small ponds a lot of times too so you'll be able to scout the pond and see if there's any uh around there hopefully and that'll uh you know maybe feel a little bit better yeah you know you say that like when i hunted uh more i think it was more or man check I don't know. I don't know. Whatever WMA I hunted over there, they're like within a half a mile of each other. But I didn't see hardly any alligators. But that's 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 going to be mostly fresh. But they might be some salinity because it's connected to the lake right yeah. there. Well, the pond we were hunting, like they had a couple a row of rosos that might have been thirty or forty yards wide, and Lake Pontchartrain was on the other side of it. Yeah. So well, it's probably going to be mostly fresh because it's more north. It's west side of the lake. Yeah, I don't so. know. Have to go test it. N none of us, uh, look, me and Vinny are not professionals by any means. Not a professional anything. Uh, we just kind of wing this, and people think we're uh, experts on it. We just—I don't think anybody. I don't <laughs> think we're in danger of being mistaken as that. <laughs> Matter of fact, go ahead and fact check everything that Frank says in this podcast, and then uh, if he says anything wrong, feel free to blast him on his social media. If I say anything wrong, just, just yes, just listen, sweep it under a rug. Go to all of the B side outdoors and give all of the feedback you want please yeah. do yeah. please do and unsubscribe and no do not unsubscribe subscribe give all the feedback you want because the one with the three crying faces right now is the one that has to deal with it the three oh yeah <laughs> this is what he's talking about that's uh that's frank's partner in crime now on his uh podcast and social media all of side huh yeah yeah she's taking over the social handling the social she's media. taking over b-side she uh frank doesn't know he's getting a letter next next week <laughs> saying that he's uh he's, he's released he's own. released from the brand uh yeah uh i did i did a podcast which will be coming out tomorrow which what's today Wednesday. wait i didn't i don't remember agreeing to uh to any any marketing <laughs> on, on my podcast oh, i'll always market mine i'll shamelessly plug everything i do so this um, is uh so talking about the oh actually look at this this is a uh short that I put out a while back um back down here by the Twin Canals when I did a video out here and uh this alligator was doing this so I uh came across this guy today that's that growling that uh yeah, that, that mating I think it's yeah. something to do with mating so I found out that it's not just that I thought it was a mating call but it wasn't even it's both, yeah. So if there's a bigger, as big alligators in there, they will uh, do that to size up each other and, uh, you know, say I'm bigger than you, you need to leave me alone kind of thing. 
I'm gonna start growling at Frank so he'll go away. <laughs> but this right here, this is the this, this isn't the. I'm gonna get my words. English is tough. My story at first, and then I made it. Franks was 30... uh, 30, almost 36,000. So they blew up on, on YouTube. Didn't do, I only got like a hundred on TikTok from it, which is kind of crazy. Algorithms don't make sense, but so we're going to, we're going to start reading the comments that we got from it. Got a, got a couple, you know, some of the subscribers like, uh, like John holiday. He, I think he comments on just about all of my, uh, my videos. Good guy. Um, he just commented, he just wants a belly rub. Why did you tape his jaws? Well, somebody responded to that in Russian, and it was something like "No need, stop killing" or something like that. I translated it, and it's got—I mean, it's got the cursing face, the mad face, the weird, angry face, the crying face, the oh no face, another fu face, and he's a little devil face. Like this person was ticked off that we did the alligator. So I think. So what's what's terrible is like people in other countries are seeing these videos and they're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. No they context. Don't, they don't understand the American model of conservation, which takes into account the population and says this many animals have to be harvested from our ecosystem to keep a healthy ecosystem for all animals. Because like I want to say somebody was talking about like somewhere near Russia the ducks they said like back in the 70s they had thousands and thousands of ducks now you go over there and it, if you see a duck it's amazing so um yeah the, so i mean it's a renewable resource and the way louisiana is doing it certainly it's going to continue to be a renewable resource because we give them a better shot by taking the eggs and hatching them in farms and then the farmers release them um you know that quota which keeps the population not only sustained but growing well it was growing to a point that they had to reduce it. So it's working so well that they actually have to yeah. start reducing it again. And a lot of people don't understand that. And some people don't care to understand it. Um, you want to read one of yours? So really all the rest of mine were just more inquisitive than anything. Like one of them, I, I like, I just like the comment because it was like dead. I can't even pronounce how they put boy. There's like a bunch of, it's a B-O, a bunch of I's, Y, I, Y, I, and a bunch of Y's. Um, and then another one, somebody was like, that's a big crocodile or alligator. And I was just like, it's an alligator. Um, somebody else was like, that's pretty big. Um, the Russian one I had was evil person, which I don't consider myself an evil person at all. I consider myself a conservationist, but who knows? I might be evil. And then, so I like these type of comments that I think they're an animal lover. I'm not sure, but judging by their name, but it's like, is it dead? So I was like, yes, but alligator, I explained alligators are highly regulated. Um, there's a certain number of tags issued a year. They, they speak, you know, wildlife fisheries knows what they're doing with alligators. They're not going to let alligators get put to where they cannot hunt them anymore just because it is a striving industry. And it says, oh, you can harvest alligators. And I was like, yep, you know, explained all the regulations. And I said, I do plan on keeping the hides, keeping the head for educational purposes. Um, I'm using mine for decoration. Well, I mean, you can you'd still use it for education. Maybe I'm purposes, the evil but, um, And then they're like, oh, you cook alligator. And I was like, yep, it's actually very good table fare, you know, and I'm going to be releasing a video on how to cook out there he goes plugging his channel again Jeez, i'm gonna start charging you You want to be a sponsor of this uh (laughs) sponsor of this podcast i got one that says selfish carnist i had to look that up i didn't even know i know it sounds like carnivore but i don't know i had to look it up and apparently the definition is something along the lines of carnist is someone who has been conditioned to believe that harming and exploiting certain animals i guess is good i didn't finish reading the definition yeah, there we go. Now he's using that that like a good I'm just saying he's on Urban Dictionary right now. Well, well I'm sure that this that, <laughs> Don't judge me. You don't know my struggles. <coughs> oh well. But yeah, so there's that. And then one says Allig I don't know if they're I don't think English is this person's uh first language. Alligators on the verge of extinction. It's time to stop hunting on them. 
Yeah, and well. and that right there is just complete ignorance right. of what they're talking on. And because, you know, like I'm going to use for trapping example. I, I was like, man, I don't see how you can say a trapper has unlimited animals they can harvest a year. But you go to a, we went to a trapping class and they explained that all your fur bearers have a huge population uh, regeneration every year. You know, so if you harvest one, or let's say for every one raccoon, there's six more being born. Yeah, so know? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it would relate to alligators. I'm sure it's obviously going to be different than a lot of the fur bearers we trap. But a habitat can only sustain so many animals. So once that habitat reaches its quota, if you will, um, of raccoons, for example... The rest of them aren't going to survive. There's either not going to be enough food and the babies will starve and die off or, you know, predators or whatever. So it's only going to hit that, that ceiling regardless. So every time you take one that's given the one that would have died a chance, a chance to survive. So he's going to survive. So you're, unless they're, you know, extremely over hunted or over trapped, which of course wildlife and fisheries are making sure that doesn't happen. That's why, you know, they do the data and the research and everything like that. Um, you're going to maintain that population as long as we don't keep losing habitat. But of course, we keep we keep losing habitat for all kinds of things. Well, you say we're losing habitat and all of that, but the number of trappers have been in decline since the that's, last that's fur true. boom. And uh, honestly, Louisiana, the trapping regulations are extremely lenient. Um, but I do believe that if you ever do want to get into trapping, take a trapping class, understand why. And understand how to defend your position and don't just be like, I'm doing it, you know. What's yeah, Wildlife and Fisheries puts on a free class. They, they put on a, a free one-day class to just in, introduce you to it. And after you finish that, they offer a free three-day class where you actually go someplace, you camp, or they had actually a, a bunk house that you could uh, that you could stay in. And they actually take you out. You actually trap with experienced trappers. And um, they have Wildlife and Fisheries uh, biologists. Um, on hand they actually did a uh necropsy for us um which was that was pretty interesting they uh i guess you dissected a what a coyote a beaver yeah and a, and a coon huh? yeah and a raccoon it was a um a doctor from lsu that came and did that for us he's so dr fabio that did it put on a excellent presentation um he was a tad bit difficult to understand but then again so was the president of trappers association <laughs> so but he he went he walked through everything he talked i mean if you had any questions he'll do it i believe he's actually doing an, another demonstration at the um or yeah another demonstration at the trappers convention on the weekend of the fourth november 4th so anybody in louisiana that wants to do that yeah oh, and by the way i wanted to ask Anybody listening to this or watching this live or listening to it later on the podcast, if you or someone you know has uh, private land that has alligator tags, reach out to me on Instagram, whatever. I would like to film an alligator hunting video, and I have no way to do it because all we have is public land to uh, to hunt on, and I'd like to get that video before Frank does since he's been plugging on my uh all his stuff on my uh, uh podcast i'm gonna, I'm gonna pay for a guided trip next year just yeah, to beat you <laughs> probably will. but yeah hit me up uh instant message me on instagram facebook or, or whatnot but in response to the alligators that are going extinct one one person says laugh out loud there's like 1.25 million in florida and more than thousands by america I, that might not even be his english might not be his first language either and then the next person put Yes, but they are native. Catch and eat iguanas. I guess they don't know that we're not in Florida. But I would I would love to catch and eat iguanas. If anybody knows a way I can go out there and do that, also hit me up. Uh, dude, I want to... And look, I've heard iguana fat is excellent, and I didn't realize there was that much fat on an alligator. What's with, what's with you in this fat? <laughs> dude, you have to render it okay, down. Okay, so you're talking about this... All right. Frank wants to save all his fat, and he keeps talking about rendering. I'm like, dude, what are you going to do with rendered fat? Like, what do you do with it? His dude's talking about putting it in his hair and stuff. And I, so, you know, I smelled right. my hands after doing that. I don't, I don't think my wife would even come near me if I start putting that junk in my so, hair. So I read a book um, 
about the area that my wait 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 you read a book it was a very small book it was about the size of that pamphlet how many pictures did it have in it frank it had a it had like a whole section of pictures so uh but so anyway i read a book and um it was talking about the area that my great grandpa's family was and they were trappers alligator hunters their whole life and they talked about the family and they called them the nasty windeckers because the, the boys all thought they were like God's gift to women and they would slick back their hair with alligator oil. So <laughs> I was reading on that website where I got that information that I completely messed up earlier. And what they used to use the fat for was to grease wheels and stuff. Oh, well, hey, look, they used they also used to use bear grease for that, too. But they said bear fat is some of the best oil that you can render out. Well, I'm, I'll take your word for it, Frank, because I'm not putting it in my hair, and I am. I don't think I'm cooking with well, it. Well, you don't have enough hair to put anything in, so. <laughs> a mustache. Yes, Brandy, I read your text that you sent me. It's kind of inappropriate to text me while I'm on somebody else's podcast. Jeez. All right, Frank. Um, I'm done with my comments. I mean, I oh, can, now you're done with your comments. Yeah. I mean, do you want to read the rest of yours and we can comment on your comments? Oh, I thought you meant, you know, talking. Oh, uh, I got one that just says report. So I don't know if they're just, if they're talking about reporting my, uh, my YouTube channel or. But everything we've done has been perfectly legal. Cause that's one thing I will say about with the YouTube is that, uh, oh, Brandy's talking about me reading that. Okay. I've read, I've read this after the fact. Uh, but sorry, that that's squirrel. <laughs> Off chasing but. squirrels. No, I'm all about uh, the reason there are laws is to protect the wildlife. Obviously, just like the alligators. Um, the reason you can only have tags on private land or you know whatever, so that they can regulate it. Same thing with limits on ducks, limits on everything. As a matter of fact, sometimes I think the limits aren't stringent enough, and I was actually glad to hear that they uh, changed the speckled trout limit. Now it's got to be 13 and a half inches long and you can only keep 15 honestly i wish they put a slot on it i think you should be have you know 20 inches and up you should have to be released. i think they should check out our neighbors to the west and to the i know in florida that they have i think it's i don't know i'm gonna screw it up uh but <laughs> Come on, Frank, you can't start something and not know, not know the numbers so, right? I, I know i, I mean Randy, you're more than welcome to comment, and we'll throw your. Oh no 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 no, Frank! I've heard no, her Frank. tell me this like six or seven times, but I just I think it's six. It means Frank is not listening to you, Brandy. Uh, no, I'm listening. I just forget numbers. Um, I think it's sixteen to twenty. We also or... got to look at the population in different areas too. Yeah. I mean, we we have different. Well, we had different regulations from the east to the west of Louisiana because it's different habitat. Um, the west side of the state could only have, I think, fifteen. Okay, so it's here. I'll, I'll I'll show it on the thing. So Texas, it's seventeen to twenty three with a, a limit of three. Yeah. Now, what I've been told though, if you catch three or four trout or the three trout at twenty three inches, it's the same amount of meat as twelve. The 12 oh, no doubt, that's a lot. And if you if you once you increase the size limit, like no one's going to be keeping fish. <laughs> like, most people won't be able to keep any fish once they change it. Cause they just, they put a notice of intent. So it's not in the law yet. Um, they still got to go through some things, do some hearings and stuff. But uh, the first year you're probably going to catch a whole bunch of 11 and 12 inch trout, but since they can't be cake, they can't keep them. English is tough. Um, until they're 13 and a half, then a lot of those are going to be getting thrown back. And then the next year, you know, they're going to be a little bit bigger. You'll probably be able to keep them. What's important now, though, is since this next year, there's going to be a lot of released fish is we're going to have to, I'm going to start promote, pushing it in my, uh, my social media, just like I did with the redfish tagging, um, better ways to care for the fish. Cause the point of releasing them is that they survive. So, I know a lot of people like to grab the speckled trout with towels. That's terrible because it messes with their slime coat, which is their protection between infections and stuff. Um, you want to grab them with a wet hand, which is going to suck in the wintertime. So, and honestly, anybody that trout fishes, like rainbow trout or anything, like they tell you once the temperature gets so hot, don't even fish for them because that'll kill the trout right there. Just coming out of that, you know, 80 degree water into a hundred and like down here, 100 degree heat, that sudden influx of change will get, you know. Ain't nobody about a rainbow trout. 
I'm worried about rainbow trout. They're delicious. I love, look, fly fishing is one of the things that I'm not good at it at all and don't think I'll ever say I am, but I love fly fishing just because it's an art. You know, the funny thing is a speckled trout's not even a trout. No, it's, it's actually not even a drum. Real, yeah, it's closer to a redfish than it is any kind of trout. And that just goes to show you. But that's why we also call everything down here a perch, and we don't even have a technical perch. Yeah, but trout, that speckled speckled sea trout is like yeah. the common name everywhere. Spotted sea trout. Whatever. Same thing. Freckles. <laughs> but you were talking about like the just the ignorance of people on comments. I actually posted a thing yesterday or this morning or whenever I posted it, and it was talking about the different the difference ingredients between a vegan patty and a um a vegan patty and the a deer like a deer patty. The ingredients in a deer patty is deer. There's nothing else in it, you know. The ingredients in a vegan patty is about a thousand different things. And I had somebody jump on there and was like, you're passive aggressive bullying. First of all, there is no way to passive aggressive bully. Like I was just pointing out facts. I mean, I don't know what passive aggressive bully. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Frank, know your definition, but, or to me, you know, I might be wrong, but, (laughs) but so, so she was like, so like I explained my position and I was like, look, if you're that ignorant of what I'm talking about and you think I'm bullying people, it's not, it's educational for me. Um, but then, <laughs> so yeah, so there's some people on this live that, uh, definitely have read that post because they're making comments about it. Frank's over here trying to start troubles with happening. <laughs> but like, so once I, um, so I was basically like, Hey, you know, I'm going to make my peaceful statement and then I'm not going to argue with things because if you're going to just tell me I'm wrong, no matter what I say, you're and you, well, yeah, probably. But I'm just like, whatever, I'm not going to do it. Well, I had a couple of people that were like, like have jumped in on the comments and was like, yada, yada, yada. This is why you're wrong, like going at her. And I thought it was hilarious. And um, and then, and then Brandy commented something. The girl was like, you're not even invited to the barbecue. And Brandy was like, I brought the grill to this party. <laughs> like, um, Back to that comment that, you know, it said, uh, why did we tape the jaws? Uh, so reptiles, I know snakes. So this is my first time dealing with you know a dead alligator, but I knew it was a reptile. Um, snake, you cut a, cut a snake's head off. The, the head will still bite you, and the body doesn't stop. So it's we found out it's the exact same way with an alligator. We uh, Before we pulled him in a boat, we dispatched it, and we pulled the head up to the boat, and we put electrical tape around, around the mouth because... I didn't know how much they would move after. And uh, it's just muscles and nerves firing the whole time. And what's crazy is, you know, in the ride back, you got a leg moving, you got eyes moving and everything. The animal's deceased. He's, he's, he's not living anymore. But the muscles and stuff are still firing, which is a very eerie feeling when you got this huge dinosaur in your boat. And then when we got it back to the house and I threw him on the table to start cleaning it, it was, it was lifeless, not moving at all. As soon as the blade touches the meat, no matter where it was, every time I touched the meat, the meat, the blade would contract or the tail would swipe. Like the, the last one we got, um, when Frank went home and took a nap, I was cleaning that last alligator. Every time I tried to to skin the tail, his tail would swipe. I thought I was gonna get knocked out by this, all- this dead alligator. So that was that was a pretty freaky, uh, freaky little experience. Experiment, experiment, experience. There we go, dude. English is English is tough. And there's Frank checking his phone again. Well- I have I have other issues. That's it, Frank. But uh, nope. So you're not welcome. To the what was what anymore. was crazy though is like the seven foot alligator. When I went to put the sight tag in him, so the way you uh put a the sight tag in the alligator is on the back of an out. Do you have a picture of an alligator so we can kind of, I mean, of his mm-hmm. tail good or anything? Nope. No. Okay. So we don't have one. But anyway, if you notice, there's ridges down the bottom of the the uh ta- back of the tail. What we were doing, what you do. the tag right there at the end so um you basically make a small incision about a blade width and just shove the tag in and it snaps and once it snaps it's stuck well when i went to like that nine foot alligator when i went to like 
just stick the knife in. He decided, or the no, reflexes moved, and it yanked the tail completely out of my hand. Like, there was nothing I could have did to stop that reflex. So, imagine an alligator with his mouth, you know, mouth opens, and you step wrong, and it comes down on you. Now you have a lifeless animal that can't open its mouth, that's bearing down on whatever, and... So I watched um I watched Jared's video from outside the levees. I was trying to get Jared on this podcast, but uh I, I asked him way too late and he didn't have a chance to uh to schedule it. But I'll have him on a, a later podcast. But I was watching his video, he was able to go on some private land and, and film and they didn't tape the miles. So I I, I think I'm still gonna tape them. <laughs> I'm yeah. still gonna tape the miles. Because look, I I'm the guy that's gonna get bit by a dead alligator and like lose my leg. So alligators, alligators aren't like sharks. Sharks have really sharp teeth. They're made for cutting. Alligators are not. Alligators' teeth really aren't that sharp. They're made for crushing and gripping. They will grab on you. I forget how many pounds of force. It's thousands of pounds of force in alligator's jaws. He grabs you, and it's a vice. It's not letting go. And if he can't swallow, crunch it and swallow your hole, he'll grab your arm and go into that death roll till he rips parts off that are uh, yeah that are swallowable yeah so yeah i'm not playing with an alligator there's no they don't they don't freak me out i'm not scared of them but uh i when i almost fell in the water with that big one that you was uh tussling with that 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 got my blood pumping a little bit got that got that adrenaline flowing you mean when you threw my mag i think you ejected the magazine through it anyway just so you could use the 20 your 22 well mine looks more like a 22 that you would use for alligator hunting and not going to war (laughs) wow it did the job it did. It did. But yeah, so you actually got to pull in the seven foot, the eight foot alligator yesterday. Yeah, that was heavy. Yeah, they were well both heavy. That nine foot alligator was really heavy. He had to have been two hundred pounds, two hundred plus. Yeah, he. It was definitely. But and I believe it or not, that was another thing. Like two two of the things I noticed is as heavy as that gator was, he really wasn't that hard to get into the boat. No, they were able so, to pull them up pretty easy you can, well two the, way of us were. the way they're built is just that you know we pulled them up they went right they basically you get the you get the head and you built about half the body and you roll the tail in and then the other thing and people are going to say i'm an idiot for this i already know so but i'm going to say it anyway because look there's no shame in my game um when we were cleaning it you don't think about it but i'm like man you know you sit there and I'm used to cleaning large animals like whitetails. Even two, three hours after they're dead and when it's 50 degrees outside, it's still warm in their body. You know, if you get them early enough, they're steaming. That alligator was like ice cold. Cold-blooded. I cold-blooded know. animal, like, I, like, Frank. Like, it didn't dawn on me until it's I actually cold put my hands Cold-blooded animal, Frank. Yeah, I know. So. Frank's special. <laughs> we, we know that anybody that hung out <laughs> with me Talks to me on a regular basis, knows that not everything in my brain clicks all the time. So, yeah, so we're going to start cooking these things up uh, soon. I'm going to have some cooking videos on my channel. He's going to have cooking videos on his channel. That's B Side Outdoors. There you go, Frank. I gave you a shout out. Yep. Um, if y'all have any alligator recipes, uh, hit me up in, I guess, uh, Instant Messenger. Instant Messenger. DM. Did I, I just say it. instant messenger? Do you remember instant? Me- Are you old enough <laughs> yeah, to remember I instant messenger? All right, jeez. I'm I guarantee you, there's, pe- there's people that are watching this live that probably do not know what an instant messenger. That was is. when you get on the internet, sound like AOL. <laughs> AOL, dude. I remember. So speaking of that, I remember when we first got high speed internet. It was the greatest thing in the world, and it wasn't even high speed. It was. <laughs> I wish I had high speed internet. It was not dial up. It was digital internet. Non dial up internet. But yeah, so be on the lookout for that. We're gonna have uh, some some cooking videos. Uh, I haven't eaten alligator in so long. I really forgot what it tastes like. I know it it looks and feels kind of like a mix between redfish and chicken. So I, I imagine it's gonna taste similar to a chicken fish. Everything tastes like chicken except for the chicken. I mean, we had some chicken you could have cooked up if you really wanted chicken. Uh, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the alligator. Well, we got some uh, some marsh chickens, but. Anyway, guys, we're coming up on the hour. Thank you guys so much for uh, stopping by on the live. Thank you all who are listening to it wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, 
we'll be doing these lives every Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on uh, my work schedule. Actually, next week we'll be doing it on Thursday. We're going to have Tophiel Bourgeois, the King of Barataria, most interesting man in the world. Uh, we'll have him on Thursday because that's actually I work Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. But and uh, yeah, so that's why. But again, thank you guys so much for stopping by. I really do appreciate it. Make sure you uh, check us out on the next one.